Hello, dear listeners. Ah, well, this episode is a bit sad for me to release. Sad, ha, ah, I know, emotion, what a cucked weakness I have. Feeling things is for weak regressives, not true rationals. Anyway, jokes aside, it's a bit sad because it's about an event that really sort of encapsulates some of the issues that have been bubbling under the surface in the atheist scene for quite some time now. I've personally been dealing with it for a while as people have seen fit to attack and try to discredit my whole life story simply because I also criticize atheists who pander to the Western right and far right while dishonestly calling themselves liberal. Being an ex-Muslim, a person of color, a feminist, and an immigrant of Muslim background, you kind of get pushed face-to-face with these issues we're having with a lack of compassion in the atheist scene fairly quickly. And if you don't toe the line or stick to the approved targets, the left and Islam, then you'll be shouted down, silenced, stigmatized, and not win any atheist popularity contests. The easy route is to stick to bashing SJWs, which is the entire left, stick to saying feminism is cancer, Islam is coming for us all, and it must be destroyed. That'll win you the popularity contests, celebrity retweets, and the Patreon dollars. So I find it pretty valuable when someone from within the atheist scene doesn't pick that route. And that's why I like and admire Thomas's integrity, principles, and values. This conversation is largely him explaining what went down at the secular conference Mythicist Milwaukee recently, where he was set to interview YouTuber Sargon of Akkad. Now, I haven't followed Sargon too carefully. Probably a good thing, because whatever I have looked into has not been great. The thing I want to stress, though, is that this problem is so much deeper in the community than just one toxic, terrible YouTuber. It's spread far and wide. There's a huge issue with people who want to downplay racism, Trumpism, sexism, or protect the people that make that sort of downplaying their job. Ruben. There's a huge issue with people supporting or defending the far right, hijacking secular criticisms of Islam or of the left even, but yet insisting they be called liberal. There's an issue with selective free speech advocacy and disproportionate focus on every campus kid that does something ridiculous but little outrage over Trump's effects on free speech, or at best, half-hearted criticisms of the right, certainly lacking the passion that there is for hating on the left within this movement. Even in a climate where the far right is rising in ways we haven't seen in a long, long time. They scream about the words racist, bigot, and Nazi losing meaning from overuse, But just now, as I sit here at my computer, I'm having Peter Bogosian pop up in my mentions to explain that the three people who literally screamed Heil Hitler while attempting to shoot people after a white supremacist speech are not Nazis because they aren't literally from the 1940s German Nazi party. (laughs) 
I mean, ah, this is like the opposite problem of overusing such words. It's called downplaying, grossly underusing these words, even when the target is right. It's called spending your time policing language to make sure that these extremists don't get characterized as Nazis. At a time where even the guy who created Godwin's Law stepped in after Charlottesville to say, hey, it's okay call these alt-right assholes Nazis. Ironically, they also don't seem to care that their overusage of regressive left, SJW, feminism is bad, also has an effect on how potent their favorite terms are as pejoratives, or how legitimate critiques of these things get lost in their overuse of these terms. I mean, we are caught in some backwards political correctness here. It actually works in favor of people who like to wear swastikas. I mean, don't you dare ask rational skeptics to address people by their non-binary pronouns. But do remember what gentler terms Nazis prefer to self-identify as. Got that? Oh, there's a deep dogmatic resistance to criticism or self-reflection. There's a general swing of the pendulum so far right because of some of the things the left does get wrong, sure, that we're stuck now in this illiberal movement that rewards right-wing pandering and bullying and a rational skeptic conference with a largely anti-SJW lineup seems like the place where these underlying issues might just boil over. And that's kind of what happened. What a shocker. This is pretty much what it was set up to be from what I saw on the outside. On their website, Mythicist Milwaukee state their core values as being humanism. Uh, I don't think that came through very well since the whole controversy was about the audience cheering on some over-the-top, hateful, disgusting anti-woman tweet by one of their hand-picked speakers. Reason, logic, and research. Uh, well, considering they invited on YouTubers who thought Pizzagate was plausible, they didn't uphold that one either. Oh, and also that last bit, research. They invited some guy, though not as a speaker, called Amos Yee, who they proudly tweeted was attending. But then we're told that he is a literal advocate of child rape, child pornography, they insisted he had withdrawn such views, but upon further investigation, they found he would not retract those views, so they uninvited him. Not looking so good on that research part either. Equal rights for women and children. <laughs> okay, considering what I mentioned about this conference so far, that one wasn't really successfully upheld either. Elimination of religiously-based laws. Uh, sure, maybe all the guests invited did believe an advocate for that. Religious pluralism and separation of church and state. Sure, sure, that's a basic one that most people would agree on at a secular conference. Ethnic equality. Hmm. Yeah, maybe if you take Kekistani into consideration as an ethnicity. LGBTQ equality, oh, well, I don't know. Pretty sure some of their ultra-hand-picked, super-rational guests have spread misinformation about Bill C-16 in Canada regarding trans rights. So what's that? Like, uh, just a couple of their stated values upheld at their conference? Boy, what a mess. 
It's certainly been interesting, yet not surprising, to see who falls where on this issue. The ideological rifts in the atheist scene become deeper and really just get in the way of meaningful secular activism. When we have to constantly assure people on the outside that, look, 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 it's okay, we're not the rightish wing, anti-feminist, anti-Muslimish types. This is just not a good look. It's sad because I do wish that the term atheist would have less stigma associated with it. But anyway, here are some last points before I let you get on with the episode. I honestly don't understand how you could be following this conference-related drama and focus on, well, Thomas didn't do a great job. He got too emotional. And, you know, if you listen to his episodes on this, he acknowledges that he wasn't at his best, and given the circumstance, I really can't blame him. And sure, his conversations about this afterwards, unfortunately, have gotten heated and sweary. I really don't know, though, what he's been going through with hundreds of people hate-tweeting at him. And with the organizers simply refusing to acknowledge that what happened on their watch was appalling. I don't understand how you can look at this situation and gloss over Sargon and Cruz's role as free speech to focus on Thomas. It really says something about the value systems at play here. There are people trying to paint Thomas as some sort of harasser. So let me just say this. Telling Twitter trolls talking shit about you to fuck off isn't the moral equivalent of tweeting at someone I wouldn't even rape you. Or of cheering after such a tweet. There's complete disingenuousness in the excuses being made for the cheering crowd. It's incredible to see such dishonesty. They simply refuse to see the act that is being condemned here, that this whole damn controversy is about. It's like sticking your fingers in your ears and going, la, 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 I can't hear you. I've seen a lot of, oh, but the crowd wasn't actually cheering for harassment. They were just cheering on their guy, standing up to censoriousness or whatever. Look, that's not even the point. The point is the crowd erupted into a cheer after something pretty vile was brought up. A tweet by Sargon which said, I wouldn't even rape you. They cheered at that. Thomas isn't claiming to know what's in each of their hearts. It doesn't matter. No one's saying that the whole crowd that cheered is pro-sexual harassment 24-7 in their everyday lives like who actually says that they are pro-sexual harassment. What anyone with a shred of decency is horrified by is the very act of cheering in response to such words. You just can't deny that that's what happened. That literally was the sequence of events. It's embarrassing, really. And yes, yes, there were no actual Nazis there. Congratulations, everyone! I keep seeing this being touted around as some great point. I don't know who was accusing who of being a Nazi, but I heard Thomas explicitly say that he didn't think the organizers were all right. But a case can be made that this speaker lineup and crowd and environment was alt-lightish, and that's sort of, that's the problem. Anywho, that's my summary of things that I wanted to get in, and now for the episode. Make sure that uh, that program doesn't contain controversial subjects. 
and uh, you're not impolite to people. Oh, definitely not, Dad. You know me. I'm never, <laughs> ever controversial or yeah, impolite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Welcome to Conversations with your lovable, never pisses anyone off, ex-Muslim host, Ina, keeping it non-controversial. Hello and welcome to episode 39 with Thomas Smith, where we will be talking about what the heck happened at Mythicist Milwaukee. Hi, Thomas. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Doing okay. (laughs) I'm sure you're getting a bit sick of repeating this story, but... Yeah, well, kind (laughs) of. Yeah. I mean, I've heard all your episodes that you did on it, and I heard one uh, from another podcast that you went on, and yeah, I've been following it quite closely. I think it really highlights some of the things that I've been concerned about for a while about the movement, so so yeah. I bet you've had probably way more exposure to it than I have Um, over the past few years. Yeah, it's weird being an ex-Muslim. You kind of either attract that co- that crowd or you really upset them. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah that I think I can't remember uh who told me it or if it was it might have been you, but yeah, that they they're they're a fickle crowd. <laughs> being an ex-Muslim, I I can imagine with that crowd would be pretty rough because they either are glad you said something critical of Islam. And then the second you say something, you know, critical of people who are critical of Islam, in a certain, <laughs> then all hell breaks loose. They're, they're really, I, it just, it's so intellectually narrow. You yes. Know? And as an ex-Muslim, you're designated a specific role and you cannot, deviate from it and i was on your podcast talking about what happened when i deviated once too but theme i'm pretty sure i've heard it from every ex-muslim i've talked to in this movement oh yeah well a lot of them buy into it too so that's kind of depressing so firstly let's talk about how um you changed your podcast name a while ago Uh, sure yeah so can you tell me a bit more about that and what it was and why you changed it Oh, well, I mean, I, I just changed it for a few reasons. Um, it was atheistically speaking. And number one reason I changed it is because I always thought that was a bit awkward of a name. Uh, I kind of came up with it, you know, just one of many ideas that, you know, my friend thought was good. And so I went with it. There wasn't a lot of thought put into it. Um, but then... I, as the years went on, you know, I, I'd been talking about atheism less and less. Hmm. And there are a number of times when I would invite a guest or, you know, try to reach out to somebody, a scientist, an author or whatever, and they'd, they'd see the name and they'd be like, eh, what is this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just got tired of that. And I just thought, you know, I'm, I want to just cover whatever I want. I want to just talk to whoever I want. And I don't want to be held back by this name. So I, I just brainstormed for a while, and I thought of a name that, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> queries only. I think it's a little, uh, a nice little play on words a little bit. And uh, as soon as I changed it, or as soon as I announced that I was going to change it, like all of my patrons said, oh, good, I can finally share it with my family and my coworkers and my whatever. Oh. Or like, 
were saying they hadn't shared it because they didn't want to share something with atheists with, you know, their coworkers and out themselves. So I was like, man, I wish people would have told me sooner that they were going to share it with all these people had I yeah. only changed the name. Um, but I, I, what I have noticed is I can email anybody I want. You know, I can email any author, any anybody, just scientists, whatever. And they, they will come on and they're not worried about the name. And I suppose that links up a bit with what we're talking about mm-hmm. because there's there are ways in which atheists get an unfair bad reputation. For sure. So there are ways in which Christians will always have some cartoony, ridiculous, you know, image of atheists. But there's also <laughs> there's also <laughs> ways in which being an atheist are, are, are getting some deserved criticism because not enough, you, I'd say. Yeah, because uh, as I, as I've recently discovered, something that many many people have long since known, and then to be to be honest, I I knew too. I was just avoiding it. Um, that that there is a a big motivated, angry uh, group of assholes who go who who are kind of atheists. They're not even all atheists, actually. So let's at least give atheists that much credit. Um, their primary. Uh, ideology is anti-feminism. <laughs> uh, it really, I'm not, that's not even a joke. That is 100% a serious yeah. statement. It is anti-feminism, anti-social justice. Um, it is an ideology for them. Yeah. And it is more important than anything else. This asshole I talked to, Sargon on stage, <laughs> he had Christian fans there. Okay. That, like, so yeah, you know, this is what happens when you're in sort of like, you're an atheist that only bashes on Islam and immigrants and you don't really end up having any friction with like right wing Christians. You're using all their talking points. So they're going to love you. So you do drag in some of that. And that also is why so many atheists are fans of like Jordan Peterson. He's, I know, he's, it's been, the best. he's been pretty, pretty anti-atheist in the past and he's quite ridiculous and anti-intellectual and not rational and very yeah. SJW-like. And I uh, again, I'm blanking if we've you and I have talked about this, but all you have to do is ask him whether he believes in Jesus. <laughs> right, right, or God. He won't give you a straight answer. Was, yeah, like he's all he's all he's railing on postmodernism. Oh, everything's postmodern now; it's all meaningless. And then you ask him, "Well, do you believe in Jesus?" And he goes, "Well, what is truth? Are yeah. things that are he, he, here? Are you? Would you say that <laughs> things, uh, uh, love is okay? A storyline of." <laughs> This, the like archetype. He just on, on this, yeah, archetypes are truth in a certain sense. Like just <laughs> goes off on this total postmodernist nonsense rant the minute you ask him about Jesus. Right, is, and that gives his fans oh, cover to say, oh, but he's not really like a Christian fundamentalist because everything yeah. is like not really what he means. Yeah, so. it, it, you mean yeah. like postmodernism? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but this is this is a sad thing because I do think in some ways that atheism shouldn't be so stigmatized, and it really breaks my heart to see um, the the movement becoming so toxic that there are really legitimate reasons to criticize it and not want to share things associated with that word. I've seen like really good atheist accounts take the word atheist out of their names because they just don't want to be associated with that. Now, for- that especially on Twitter, because it's almost a signal. Like if someone has atheist or skeptic in their name, unfortunately, yeah. and 
I know this isn't fair to a lot of people who are perfectly cordial <laughs> online, but when you are dealing with, uh, you know, Twitter harassment and just nonsense and spam of the same idiot saying the same stupid thing at you day in, day out, which I am now facing, which I'm sure you've had for much longer than I have. Um, they, you start to notice that they're all the same dude. Like mm-hmm. they're all the same dude with. And sadly, ex Muslim is becoming a term like that too. Like my most recent, you know, I did a speech in. Uh, for the BC Humanist Association via Skype, and I talked about like the troubling rightward shift and just the association with that word, similar to atheist, is now becoming like it's the thing that we that we used to fight against, like for being so ridiculous a few years ago. Like, what do you mean, uh, right wing mouthpieces? You know, like that's bullshit. These are liberals that are just unfairly stigmatized, but that's not entirely true anymore. Uh. I really think the lens that that I, you know, that I just put is I think it explains it because if you look at someone like Sam Harris, who you've been critical of, I've been very critical of, um, definitely has his faults, definitely has you know things that I wish I could talk to him about, like Black Lives Matter and his harping on identity politics, but it would be unfair to say that his entire ideology is anti-feminist, anti-social justice. It actually, I don't think that's true. And here's the reason why. He ended up coming out fully uh, you know, against Trump and voting for Hillary. And I think that tells you everything. Because mm. these on YouTube, like Sargon and all that, they are so invested in, the, in anti-feminism and anti-SJWs to the point where it's a religion for them. They are yeah, so absolutely. He's not out, part of that, that they crew. They ignore everything bad that Trump would ever do or say somehow it's SJW's fault so it justifies them wanting to vote for Trump or not vote for Hillary. I think that tells you all the difference in the world because while, again, Sam has Sam Harris has plenty of faults, I don't think he's only motivated by some hatred of SJWs. I think it's in there somewhere, but it's not like his – primary driver. I think he's he's able to factor in a lot of things like, hey, maybe let's not take health care from 29 million people. Hey, maybe let's not build an idiotic wall. You know, hey, maybe let's not be incredibly racist toward Mexicans and basically every every group that's non-white. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, like all this stuff that Trump's, Trump's doing that if you were a rational person, if you were, if these YouTubers who th- think they're so rational, if they really were, they would weigh the consequences. Like, and if you want to say, even coming from their end, even coming from their point of view, where SJWs are ruining the world, you'd still factor that in. You'd be like, okay, fa- how does Hillary, you know, how does she af- even affect that? Like, if if Hillary's president versus Trump is president. What difference does that even really make to SJWs? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make that much. Whereas if Trump is president, here's all this horrible shit that's going to happen and possibly nuclear war with Korea. Hmm. Maybe despite my hatred of SJWs, maybe it's worth voting for the actual adult who could run the country. But and- there's different degrees to this, right, Thomas? So like being anti-Trump is sort of like a, a basic human decency These requirement. don't have that basic human no, decency. No, no. But – also, I don't think that just not voting Trump means that you're like in the right for everything. No. You know what I mean? No, I think it's telling. I think it's very telling because to a degree, these people that I'm dealing with right now are so bad that 
they they can't even get that basic question right of yeah. of Trump of that like they're and the reason I bring it up is because they'll always say they're liberal. Oh, I'm liberal. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely oh, I'm a big lefty. Yeah, big lefty. Anyway, That's Trump the new thing. Better, uh, better than Hillary as a president. It's like no, then yeah. you're not liberal. I'm sorry. <laughs> All, your ideology is you hate certain people. You hate uh, lefties getting too lefty or something. You hate SJWs. You hate feminists. That's your ideology. I don't care what your other beliefs are because it's blinding you to the fact that Trump is is undoing every single good thing that any Democrat has done in you know in the last eight years. It, that you can't be a liberal in the in any meaningful sense yeah. of the. You, you absolutely and can't support, and support that. It's it's nonsense. And I heard you say something like that to Sargon in the in the uh, in the video of the mythicist oh, thing. And he was like, "Oh, you've just took feared me from the you know from the left. I can't be a, a leftist." And blah. And it's so funny because it's reminiscent of like how conservative Muslims spin feminism. And they're like, oh, well, anything can be feminist. Even the cops can be feminist. Well, no, things have definitions. Like, you can't be anti-woman feminist. You can't, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's how they spin liberal. It's, it's, it's absurd. And the parallels, to be able to see both the worlds sort of have this overlap, it's the most frustrating thing. But before we get too far into that, I want you to just go back a bit and just sort of tell me what happened in a summed up sort of way. <laughs> uh well I was born uh no, no I, yeah I, not I, that I, far back yeah well okay last year I gave a talk at at this conference Mythicist Milwaukee it was a lot of fun I talked about having finished the Bible on my other podcast um it was super fun people loved the talk I, it was a great positive experience I was excited to go back and then partway through the year they announced the new guest list uh, for for this year's conference. I wasn't on it, and I felt kind of bad because I was like, oh, I, I did really well. I, I know my talk was voted like really like the best short only of the uh, debate between Bart Ehrman and Dr. Price, which everybody was looking forward to. Uh, so I was a little disappointed. I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on there. And then it, it, I come to find out that like the group took a bit of a you know a bit of a like a, a alt light turn, I guess, like a bit of a sort of feminist hating SJW hating turn, uh, mm-hmm. I guess uh, maybe the, they, maybe last year they'd kept it quiet or something or kept it. And then this year that that was sort of being the main driver of the group is this attitude of, of anti-social justice. And they, they had Dave Rubin initially, and this was where I was. That gonna, was your first clue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but they, but because of some pe- other people in the group, it's a, it, used to be a pretty big group, I think, before all the uh, sane people left. Um, but some other people in the group were like, hey, look, what are we doing? This is all anti, you know, anti-regressive left kind of people. And I think they lobbied to have Dave Rubin interview someone on the other side. And so my name was brought up. And so that's how I got involved. And I said I'd be glad to do that because I would love to talk to Dave Rubin. And then mm-hmm. as, I remember you mentioned it on my show and then he yeah, mysteriously know, had some family yeah. issues or double yeah. booking or something. Yeah, he dropped out like a week later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they had to find a replacement and that's when they found this person Sargon or they knew, you know, they didn't find him, they knew him, but mm-hmm. but they said, "Oh, he'll be he'll do." And I didn't know much about him. Uh I had heard his name, but I thought he would just be like a kind of like a Dave Rubin. So I was like, "Okay, whatever, I'll do it." 
because my travel and and hotel was already booked and everything. They'd already done all that, and the day was in my calendar. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And you know, I'm doing five podcast episodes a week. To be that's just be crazy. Yeah, I just don't. I I figured I'd get to this when I get to this. You know, like okay, when when it's a couple weeks away, I'll do my research. And and I do a lot of research, but yeah. I do a lot a lot of research every week. So it's like I'm not going to do it now. I'll I'll do it then. Yeah, well, but you're you sort of like had an idea, right, about what kind of person Sargon was. I think we talked about like I don't know him that well. I've luckily been sheltered from the YouTube world as well, but the more I get to know about him, the more troubled I am. I've had very limited interaction with him. My only interaction with him on Twitter was once where he was blaming SJWs for linking milk to white supremacists, except it was so dishonest because the thing that he was pointing to was actually white supremacists linking milk to white supremacists. It was their conspiracy theory, not SJWs. This was nothing to mock SJWs over, but of course... Um, yeah, it, that's exactly sums. I don't. I, I'm not familiar with that, but it happens to exactly go along with everything I've, I've experienced of him. Where it's it's a misconception that he then yells about, you know, and stirs up anger. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just anger. I mean, the this community of people is mainly anger at feminists and and. Except, S- I thought emotions were like weakness. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's the one emotion they ignore. Anger at feminists is fine. But any other anger is a sign of weakness. Anger at racists and misogynists yeah, is unacceptable. Yeah, at, at disgusting things people say, that's weakness somehow. But anger Unless at, it's a Muslim person saying it, then it's yeah, really different. That, that makes sense. So, uh, no, I didn't know much about him because I don't, I, I have, I know enough about the YouTube world to know that I don't like it and I don't yeah. care. You know, like I just have avoided, I stick to podcasting because it's, you know, I, there are great people on YouTube, don't get me wrong, but there's also a horrendous, you know, underbelly of disgusting misogynists on YouTube. Yeah. And so I just kind of avoided it and I was like, whatever, he's a YouTuber. I thought he would just have bad ideas. I wasn't expecting, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that he would have be so have been so abusive to people online and would have... Uh, said, you know, feminism is a mental disease and stuff, and like every feminist has just stuff. Meanwhile, that's just he also talks stupid. about like how the left is into collectivism, and he's exactly. all about the individual. But you know, he's happy to generalize the left yeah, feminists. That, that was I. I would summarize my debate as such. I mean, with him, um, it ended up just him blaming me for everything SJW who I don't even know did. So that's cool. But anyway, yeah, your group, I heard a lot of that. I'll yeah, play a clip a of it. I didn't it's know ridiculous. I had a group. It's kind of cool, I guess. Absolutely. In fact, I think I'm morally superior to you because you guys started it. You understand when you sit there and go, started you, when you sit there, when you sit there and go, white men are the problem. Oh. Do you see that as? And this is why I want to talk about principle with you because you are in favor of racial and gender discrimination. The thing is that a lot of these like straw man positions of the extreme left that they use to characterize the whole left with is a lot of people on the left that also disagree and dislike and criticize those, including you and me. Like we've had a lot of disagreements with the left. 
Yeah, they act like Dan Errol is our king and like we all worship <laughs> at the altar of Dan Errol. It's like, I like Dan Errol as a person, but I argued with him on my show for like yeah. two hours. I disagree yeah. with him a lot. Oh, yeah, of- I disagree with him pretty much. Yeah, and all and, the tweets I see, I'm like, oh, why? Yeah, and like not to pick on him, but like we disagree. But all of a sudden, for collectivist Sargon, we're the same person. And I, you know, like it's just it's so stupid. But anyway, yeah, I didn't I didn't know all that. So I, I agreed to do it. And, and had I known everything I'd known then, I would have said, no way, I'm not doing that. You know, like get somebody else or just, you know, get someone else instead of him or get someone else instead of me, one mm-hmm. or the other. But by the time it kind of elevated to where people like Christy Winters, Steve Shives, Dan, uh, some other people, those, those were the main three that uh, that I was in contact with, mainly and, and mainly Christy. Christy was working really hard on getting this information out there that, hey, here's the person you are inviting to your conference. Mm-hmm. Like you are giving your platform which is a limited thing. Like we don't give these platforms to every single idiot in the world. Like these are, this is a, you know, there's only so many speaking slots. You're using one of them. Indeed, three of them when you count the other YouTubers they invited, but, uh, you're using at least one of them for someone who, you know, has said abusive things towards women online, has said disgusting things. And frankly, that's, that's what his thing is. Like, there's not a whole lot of substance beyond that. It's just yelling about, you know, Marxism. Well, it seems like most of the speakers were like from the anti SJW side of things, like except oh, for you. Yeah. Like pretty well, much all even, you know, people have only pointed out Shu and Armored Skeptic and Sargon because I guess they've I, I don't know much about any of them, but I, I mean I guess those are the people that uh people took most issue with and they were here's the extent of my knowledge with this armored idiot is uh he made a video apparently saying i set up my voicemail in order to collect bad <laughs> stuff on sargon or something <laughs> mythicist milwaukee when if you searched for five seconds you could see that i set it up like a year ago or something yeah yeah Nothing, you know like it's just they don't they're this is why they don't deserve a platform they don't do the most basic of research they don't care it's not skepticism at all There's, not exactly it's not skepticism it's just anger and it's bullshit it's lying that's all they do it's so insane to see how they just they don't care they're they're truth nihilists they wasn't just like sargon also like a 911 truther and some other sort of conspiracies i think he thinks pizza gate was plausible he didn't openly say it's true but he didn't like i i didn't end up wanting to try to bring that up because i've i've seen him kind of just slip around it and be like "Eh, nah." you know i didn't want to bring something up where he'd just be like no not really uh, whatever and just you know and then it wouldn't be that good of it but but i have definitely seen solid proof that he has thinks that the one of the buildings couldn't have come down or something. I mean, he does. Yeah. I think he, he has some, um, some of those elements to his beliefs, but, but anyway, yeah, I, I, so then, you know, long story short, I went through with it because I didn't, you know, I, I had committed to it and I didn't, I didn't want the alternative, which would be, he would just be there on stage by himself getting to appear as though he's some great intellectual, you know, in front of, maybe people who wouldn't know who he is. Hmm. So that's who I had in mind. Who I had in mind was imagine if someone goes to this, you know, conference just because they're a new atheist or they're they they're a recent uh, deconvert or they they're just inf- interested in what this 
conference would be, I thought I didn't want that person to, to see him on stage and he would say something about the enlightenment or whatever, <laughs> enlightenment values. And then mm. really smart. And then, so you wanted to bring these things to light, I guess. Yeah, but. I want. I wanted to make sure that any any passersby, uh, you know, any bystanders would know who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I did. Um, and I did, that was you know, very brave of you. Like, you know, um, I think that you by the time you were going on stage, you probably knew how much of the audience was rigged against you, or how much of that just that club that little movement is it's like walking uphill all the time you know just even being a podcaster like obviously it's different to be on stage but trying to be like a left-leaning atheist podcaster or left-leaning ex-muslim podcaster you're always always walking uphill going against the tide it's exhausting so i mean you must have had some idea that that's what you were walking into well I I suppose I didn't fully realize that. I mean, I thought here's what I thought. I thought it would be last year's conference audience basically plus some Sargon fans. You mm-hmm. know, I was oh that's what it'll be. But no, it was at least half <clears throat> rabid yelling, jeering uh Sargon fans who had no sense of decorum, had no, they didn't want to debate. That's the whole thing. All this is about debating ideas. They didn't want to debate. They shouted me down at every time I would try to ask a question. I couldn't even ask a question without getting shouted down and interrupted. It's like, that's not a, it's not a debate. They're not, they're interested in ownage and hatred and anger and, you know, and being. And so into- what was that big controversy that they, what, what did the audience scream about? Like, well, I, I started off with his horrible tweet that he, he tweeted toward a, a female MP who had been a victim of sexual assault, um, be, all because she want, she was part of an initiative that wanted to find a way to, to fight bullying online. And you, I suppose one wonders why Sargon would be so threatened by that. So you told uh, female MP Jess mm-hmm. Phillips. Yep. Everyone should know this by now. I just want yeah. to make absolutely yeah, sure. Everyone should know. It's all. It's in the newspapers, so someone, you probably do know. Someone who was herself a victim of sexual assault, mm. all because she wanted to start a campaign to rid online bullying. To, to, oh to yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. When you say oh, it's a this campaign was against online that. bullying, that sounds really neutral. But what it is is unjustifiable control okay, over social media. Let me, let me finish the quote, and then you can. Yeah, I will, yeah. by all means, give yeah. you a chance to have your. So this is someone who's a, a, a woman, a sexual assault survivor, someone uh, we all know, like she was public about that. It's in the news. And it's in response to a campaign to try to fight online harassment. And you saw fit to, to tweet at her, to say yep. to her, I wouldn't even rape you. Yep. And do you understand, do you understand why your moral outrage about that is something I just don't care about? Because you're awful. Yeah, I do. Now that's it. You're awful. Exactly. That is an unacceptable thing to say to somebody. To tell a rape victim, a sexual assault victim, I wouldn't even rape you is disgusting. Why? That's behavior that should be beyond the pale. Why? And everybody cheering, everybody who is a part of inviting you, you have signaled to the women in the movement, you do not give a shit about using rape as a threat to bully somebody. That's what you have signaled. It's not a threat. It's it's the antithesis of a threat. So what was her what was her campaign about? 
The there's two things they the two reasons they kind of justify it that I have seen. One is that she laughed at at men's issues. Uh, you know, she laughed at male suicide. That's the claim you'll see online. You literally will see. Yeah, she laughed at men committing suicide. And then I so I was like, well, what is this? And so I re- I did again elementary research that these fucking people don't do because they're not skeptics. And it turns out in a meeting where an MRA wanted to have a men's day. Uh, in addition to a women's, you know, there's already women's day. So he wanted to have men's day. At one point, this, this, this person testifying in her committee in parliament said, uh, you know, something like for men to have a voice. And she chuckled at that because she's the only woman in the committee. Mm. (laughs) So she, she chuckled because like, well, the idea that men don't have a voice in a committee where she's the only woman is funny, uh, rightfully so. And then, uh, after it, she she clarified. She's like, "Hey, sorry, I laughed, but like, I I I wasn't laughing at men's issues. Like, those are important to me. You know, I, I forget the one the couple that he mentioned. I, I don't uh, certain uh, what is it? Male suicide, and then uh, I, a cancer, colon cancer. I don't know what it was. Something else like that. Well, I think feminism and- also like addresses men's issues a lot that uh, MRA types fail to bring up, like when it comes to uh, certain pressures to be masculine in a certain way and what impact that has on boys and men and how it may, uh, you know, cause, cause them to suffer in their life. I think that's a very big men's issue. So I don't think any feminist really would be against, you know, bringing attention to issues like men's suicide. But that they put them on polar opposite ends, whereas feminists only care about women's issues and wouldn't give a shit about men, when that's not at all true. MRAs, actually, their movement seems to be based on just owning feminists or like harassing feminists rather than actually trying to advocate for men's issues. A lot of the time, it seems like that to me. Yeah, um, separate thing. I mean, just to finish the, the story, um, she... She clarified she wasn't laughing at men's issues. She was laughing at the idea that men don't have a voice. And so that's passed, That's given as an excuse for why you can say horrible stuff to her. And then she also, uh, like I said, she was part of this anti-bullying thing online. And I even looked at the online breakdown and what of what the goals of this drive were, of this initiative. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's nothing. It's It's like... Because they can't do anything, they're like working with Twitter to try to, you know, something, uh, fi- figure out solutions. It's got it's some of that like jargon where it's like work to figure out. You know, there there was no proposal to ban the internet or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, just wanted to see if they could do something to try to figure out how to stop people from giving, you know, saying horrible things to mainly women online. And so, for all that reason, Sargon felt justified in tweeting at her, "I wouldn't even rape you." Uh, which is so a disgusting. disgusting thing to say. And I have found that uh, there are some people who you just cannot convince that that's a disgusting thing to say. They refuse. Uh, because I've re- seen the dishonest you know, defense of this as saying, I wouldn't rape you. But that's that's such bullshit. Like anyone that engages with this honestly. This is like how religious apologists you know, try to twist the words of scripture. Yeah. Uh, you know, the wife beating verse in the Quran is just saying to like, you know, I don't know, cuddle her or something. Yeah. And it's yeah, you can't you can't convince them. It, it is like that. It is like a, a religious verse. You cannot make them see like, no, this is a horrible thing to say. Like even 
even if you wanted to try to grant like because some people do say it's a rape threat and i've just i haven't said that because yeah it's not really a rape threat i think it's just a disgusting uh it's using someone's sexual assault history against them it's using rape as a way to to harass them but i didn't i some this is the straw man defense they use. Oh, he w- you think he would rape her? And it's like, no, actually, I don't think he would rape her. But that's not the point. Like, and it's it's telling because everyone arguing with me on this, and they're arguing at me. I'm I'm not even bothering. It's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. But they're arguing at me on Twitter, and they're saying it's you said it's a rape threat. It's not a rape threat. It's you know, it's like no, I actually didn't say that. So that's how I know you don't give a fuck about what anyone's actually saying. You just have your talking points that you you're used to saying. But anyway, uh, when I read that tweet, he said, as you can see in the video, I read the tweet. I was fully intending. I even said as much I, I intended to give him time to make whatever bullshit explanation he wanted to make. I said, I'd give you time to explain your thoughts. So people also say I came at it like with anger and I started, you know, I, I derailed the conversation cause I came out there angry uh, and if you watch it, it's actually I think that's a false memory that that is a result of when I actually got angry was when the crowd cheered at this tweet. So I read the tweet. He said, yep, didn't didn't even offer an explanation. The crowd che- mm-hmm. roared, roared at this tweet. Yeah, and I that, saw that. I was really appalled. Like, how does a crowd full of people all just not care about the fact that these are horrible words to say to a you know, she's a sexual assault victim yeah it's just it, yeah they cheer you know it, it was a good half the crowd and it was loud and it was right in front of the stage they all were right there uh in 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 the first several rows his cheering section and uh that's when i i got angry because that's fucking disgusting and i'm not going to stand for it so that's what derailed the interview. <laughs> Had yeah. no one cheered, I might have gotten a little heated because I still think it's a disgusting thing mm-hmm. to say. And, and had he made excuses for it, I would have argued back and said, well, sorry, that's not an excuse, you know, for, for these reasons. But that was I was not expecting that. Like it. Yeah, it's, it's how, absolutely how, fair to say, I, you know, I, I miscalculated. I never dreamed that an audience would cheer before he even said anything. They would just cheer that tweet. And that, and I lost it because that's fucking bullshit and it's disgusting. And I yelled at the audience. I yelled at the, at the organizers for like, this is the, this is the crowd you, you're getting. If this is the conference you want to have, this is the audience that you want to have. This is sort I, of I, like Twitter sure. come to life. The toxicity of Twitter come to life. Twitter or YouTube comment section. It absolutely is. It is, it is the YouTube. We all say in conversation, like, well, YouTube comments, you never look at YouTube comments. This is YouTube comments. Yeah. These people are the YouTube comments and you're having a conference that is the YouTube comment section. You certainly have the right to do that if you want to paint it in those terms, uh, because sometimes people do as though I'm taking away someone's rights. Uh, you have the right to do that, but it's bullshit. And why would anyone want to participate that in that? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to have an, an alt, light YouTube shitlord convention, have at it. It's bullshit. Uh, no atheist who cares about people, no humanist should go to it. Uh, and it's not even intellectually interesting because the, in addition to cheering, uh, sexual harassing tweets, which is, I can't imagine wanting to be around that behavior at all. Uh, as, as just a conference goer, like I would, I would, I would never want to be around that. 
in addition to that, as I alluded to earlier, they didn't even let us have a debate. Like they just jeered the entire time. They I saw that. Yeah. You know, that's not why. Why is that an intellectually good idea? Why? Why do you? Why? How could you think that that's like? Oh yeah, we're really hashing out these issues. No. Well, watching They're just it. Yelling. They hear the word feminism and they yell cancer. It's it's a it's a rabid group of idiots. It's not. It's why would you want that to be your conference? Well, anti SJW ness is sort of that. That's that's what it is, right? If that's yeah. your that ideology, is, then yeah. it's a doorway to some pretty pretty bad stuff. Like there was a time when SJW actually meant like some extreme positions. And now SJW just means like anyone on the left, anyone yeah. that cares about issues like sexism, racism, and things like that make you an SJW. Somehow like compassion is weakness. And, and what the hell happened? You know, a lot of us atheists have left religion to get away from bigotries like that. And then you come to the, the atheist movement and you somehow find it again. And now you have the backing of thinking that you're so above it all. You're so immune to religious bigotries that you're in the right. It's so dangerous. And young atheists coming out, if this is the first stuff they see, it's just creating like a terrible generation of atheists and ex-Muslims. I mean, I'm really heartbroken over seeing this because... yeah. It's something I believed in, something I fought for, something I, you know, that meant so much to me. Yeah, it's, it, 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 they, they latched on to a couple of things, I think. They latched on to the idea that emotionless logic is somehow, A, something that we could even do, which is not true. I mean, motion is key to all of our reasoning. It's If you look at the science, it's actually true. And I think, B... They latched on to this idea of beating someone in a debate. You know, like they they obsessed over a bunch of Christopher Hitchens videos, and that that became like, oh, Hitchens slap down, whatever. I noticed this like five or six years ago, or maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe it was like four, but I remember I I, I think I said in one of my early episodes, I noticed that every Hitch video, like Hitch highlight video, I was seeing. I was starting to be really turned off by the way they were being described, mm. I, you know, like, cause I would watch, I, you know, back when I was more in this atheist stuff and I was watching these atheist YouTube videos, I would watch debates cause I found it really interesting. And then YouTube starts suggesting stuff for you or whatever. And you start to see mm-hmm. Hitchens Hitch slaps down the whatever. Oh, five times Hitchens absolutely destroys a Christian. And I was like, right. What? Like what schools this what Muslim is- bitch. I've seen all that. It's so disgusting. Well, yeah. And, and, and this was years ago. I think it, before it was, it wouldn't have said schools a Muslim bitch. That's awful. But now I'm sure it does. Yeah, it uh, does. But, but, uh, <laughs> but back then it was even just getting more and more like just violent rhetoric about it. And I just, Again, to you people, if there's any of you listening, which I don't think there are, I hope there aren't, but if there are, like, you think you're all about ideas and debates and all that, saying, like, this slap down and they beat down and he, he hits you and slap, that's not how ideas work. Like, you don't, you don't debate ideas by who has some verbal insult that slaps someone down. That's not actually how you debate who wins a popularity contest who has a bigger audience like come on like then religion wins right (laughs) yeah exactly i would never want to 
do. Yeah, I would never want to do battle on those terms because you're right. Uh, white Christians would probably win everything. Or, or if we go globally, uh, there will be some other populations that are that are going to outnumber anybody. So it's popularity is not the way you win ideas. And also this idea that the, like insults and and owning and slapping down like. How does that contribute to anything? That's a separate thing. That's an obsession these people have <sighs> that has nothing to do with ideas. Yeah, it's like a bastardization of what refuting religious ideas once was, right? So even yeah. in the ex-Muslim movement, I'm seeing increasingly painfully cringeworthy takes like, oh, why would you teach your children this disgusting language of the Arabs? Or, you know, if I wanted to teach my kids that, I'd stay there. Or, you know, it's like, why are you... Like, you have no knowledge of what context and what political climate you're saying this in. Like, the language didn't do anything to anyone. It's not a person. It's not, it's a language. It's a form of communication. And and I'd say the same to, like, an actual SJW that would hate on English for being a, you know, a colonizer's language or whatever. Um yeah. Or like takes like, you know, Islam is worse than Nazism. I saw an ex-Muslim tell a Jewish woman, uh, an agnostic Jewish woman who was like, oh, I'm kind of not like digging your meme about the swastika and the Star of David and the cross all like in this in the dirt together. They're not the same. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, you know what my community's been through is pretty pretty awful so I, I really don't like this meme and they're like oh yeah well judaism is worse than nazism what i don't know where we're headed this you know yeah. like i love criticizing religion but if i'm at a point where i'm like whoa 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 you know yeah. what are you doing we're losing all perspective it's not about just owning or whatever you know oh by the way i heard you get called racist a lot when i was listening to your talk with sargon so i hope you're not actually a racist now because that's how the word works right yeah i again in in addition to him being completely collectivist against me even though he said i was a collectivist Mm -hmm. in addition to him holding me accountable for a bunch of stuff other people have done uh he also in the debate between the sjw and the anti-sjw who who do you think would cry racist more (laughs) <laughs> because uh, you'd be wrong. Uh, I never called him a racist. I never once, I don't even think I said the word racist unless I was addressing the fact that he had just called me a racist for the 10th time. Uh, I got called racist nonstop during that. All because I... Uh, so you're a racist it, now, right? That's how oh, they yeah. radicalized yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah, it's a joke. These people are so fucking sensitive. They think if anyone calls them a racist, then they'll be ostracized from society. Well, you called me a racist a bunch of times and I'm doing fine. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, I think what matters is what you say. <laughs> if you say something racist and people call you racist, yeah, maybe people will not like you right. <laughs> because you're a racist. But um, yeah, that was all about uh, me acknowledging. And again, here's what I said. I said that, uh, that, that freedom, because what he wants, he's a status quo warrior. Uh, a term someone else co- coined that wasn't me. It's a great, it's brilliant. I love term. that term, by the way. It's it so absolutely spot on. is perfect. He's a status quo warrior. He wants status quo because he thinks everything is fine, and any differences in representation and CEOs and police deaths, police shootings, whatever it is, he thinks it's all deserved. It's all because of merit or choice or something else. 
And I don't know how he knows this. I tried to ask him several times, like where, if you look at the arc of history, where do you think we are? Like if you look, okay, women, women couldn't vote a hundred years ago or so. And then now, you know, like here's where we are, where there's 5% of CEOs, fortune 500 CEOs are women. Like, do you think that's the top of the arc? Like, are we, that's justice. We're fully, you know, and, and he can't answer that. And he wouldn't even let me again, Throughout all of this, he wouldn't even let me set up questions. Like, yeah, I saw. There was just no talking. No, it's it's not. It's pointless. So it's not, you know, I'm amazed that you sat through all that. I know. I should have left the minute they cheered. I almost did. I the minute they cheered sexual harassment, I the first thought was like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm not going to do this. And then I thought for a second, I was like, fuck, I don't think I can do that. All right. I guess I'll keep going. Yeah. Well, you know, I really admired your attempts to try and bring up rational conversation to point out the most obvious things, the most obvious injustices and just appeal to their humanity. But, you know, it didn't work out. But I do really appreciate that you tried to. Um, bring up things like intersectionality where you know you're not going to get a positive reception. So I, I don't know how I would have responded don't in that. They don't let you define a word. They don't even let you define a word. I asked him to define intersectionality, and it was some gobbledygook. He's like, oh, it's a Marxist system of yeah. fat, whatever, <laughs> of control and all this. I was like, what? So, okay, so I do understand some criticisms of of the way intersectionality manifests in discourse. Uh, And that is because a lot of intersections are ignored and some of them are kind of propped up in ridiculous ways. Like, you know, um, being a hijabi Muslim seems to be very valued these days and that intersection with feminism makes you overlook a lot of things. So, you know, there's a kind of a kernel of truth in some of the points that this Sargon crew wants to make. And I'm happy to discuss those in a very rational and reasonable manner. In fact, a few years ago, those are the things that I focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my criticisms of feminism, my criticisms of the left, because I really didn't find the right very relevant or even really a threat. I thought everybody just thinks they're not to be taken seriously. But now as they become more and more legitimized and grow in power, especially the far right, I think it's yeah. time to shift our focus a bit no, from I'm the left. Kidding. Also, you're in Canada, so, you, you know, you're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you're aware our president is a, a far right uh, nut. Yeah. And not only that, um, it's it, this is something that I'm, maybe you don't know. I mean, maybe you do. But like the right controls every single branch of government. Yeah. Controls something like 30. Oh, what is it? I want to say 38 governorships. It's in the 30s. Um, so a, a, a majority, I think po- probably a super majority of governorships and and almost every state legislature the 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 right they control everything and here we are talking about oh, the left that gotten out of hand yeah the left gotten out of hand we need it's like right can you can you let a, a like an SJW become president before you talk about how the SJWs you're ruining no. the whole world <laughs> like the way they talk you would expect that every single person in position of power is some SJW <laughs> right even president. Obama Hillary none yeah. of them were close to being oh. SJWs you know. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> and at the same time, this is the inherent sexism of what they, they, he would have voted for Sanders. So Sanders was fine. Bernie Sanders was, even though he's more progressive than Hillary, he somehow wasn't the SJW brigade 
somehow. I don't know how, but Hillary. Oh, oh, okay. If she would have been elected, then that would have ruined everything because of SJWs. I don't know how you make that calculation unless you're somebody who just doesn't like women. I really don't like how, how would Bernie not be everything SJW that, that Hillary was and more, he's more progressive. You guys having a far right president, like you're one of the most important countries in the world that affects all of us. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So even though I'm in Canada, I've seen a difference in the political climate here just because of the stuff that's seeping over. You know what I mean? I had a journalist, um, a Canadian journalist on recently on my show where we talked about the rise of the Canadian far right. And that's something that not many people talk about because... It's not as visible, and Canada sort of romanticized as being so much better right now than the U.S. Um, but we're having that problem too. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope it's not as bad. But no, yeah. no, 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 not at all. Right. Every, every country has a far right. Right, you know, and, but you know what? I never heard about it in Canada before. I never. Now I've well, I've heard about my friend's mom get spat at because she was speaking in Hebrew. My parents were yelled at by a person for the first time. Every country has racists. Every country has a far right. I mean, that's that's just people. That's humans. I, I think. I mean, even. For, but you, you know, can see the difference with them being emboldened. Is oh, what absolutely. I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. I, I I think that it it has allowed people to feel more comfortable saying disgusting things that they previously wouldn't have said. Right. Uh, certainly. So when we talk about status quo warriors, I think we have to realize that the problem in within the atheist movement is so much bigger than just Sargon. Like, find me someone who is not, and I'll find you people calling them a regressive. Oh, yeah. No, um, I, I would agree. I'm not... So are you saying that you think it's the majority? Because... I would agree that on the, on the spectrum of shitlords, <laughs> on the shitlords spectrum, or if you're a if you're a John Oliver uh, watcher, John Oliver's become my favorite show. He's, he's been great, yeah. He's so good. The 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 Hitler Hanks. <laughs> I haven't seen the recent episodes, so if that's recent, I'm oh sure. yeah, yeah, it's a recent episode. It's, it's the Hitler Hanks scale of people, where it's like from you know evil is Hitler, and then his greatest Tom Hanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so on the Hitler Hanks scale of shitlords. I mean, not everybody is going to be full shitlord like Sargon and these YouTubers, of course. Of course not, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a spectrum of people who, you know, there's I, I, there are people who are trying their best to promote social justice and, and not even ways, just like basic not hating feminists and not hating people yeah. of color. Ways. Um, there's those people, you know, I would I would certainly count, you know, and I'm not the arbiter of this, but but in my opinion, I would count, you know, the, the god awful movies people like Eli and yeah, and all yeah, them. for sure, yeah. And and there are people who are legitimately center left, and and I don't mean center left in the in the way that that's becoming almost a joke, like oh yeah, I'm a centrist, and then it turns out you just hate people on the left. Yeah, um, but but so I I would put. Uh, yeah, I don't know what your opinion of this is, but I would put like someone like Seth Andrews, like he he at least tries to signal that he is a feminist. He you know he supports Black Lives Matter. I wouldn't call him an SJW by any means. Yeah. I don't think you know, but but he 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 I think has uh, good intentions with that. He is not devoting a bunch of time on his show mm-hmm. to bashing the left constantly. And bashing. I don't know that much about him to be honest. I've just. Sure. You know, seen some of his stuff in passing, and most of it seems right. fine. He pulled out yeah. of this conference, which is great and admirable. And um, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I'm saying I, I love Seth. Um, I think I don't think he's like a social justice warrior. I don't think he's you know on the front lines of that. But I don't think he wants to be. I think he wants to be doing his show. But also he is someone with a heart and someone who uh, ha- is definitely sympathetic to a lot of these social justice causes. Uh, and so like th- that's where I would put him. And, and there's certainly no immensely popular atheist who is a flat out SJW. Like I don't know, you Forget know, SJW, but like, like clearly, evidently, very left. Like just being, you know, just so, sorry, someone that is more concerned about, say, racism, sexism, yeah. misogyny. Um, not exactly. Um, not like you know, crazy Halloween costumes and campus craziness and the leftist silencing free speech. Someone that would focus more on like Donald Trump's threats to free speech. Right. I haven't yeah. seen too many of those people around. Even in people who are like you know centrists, there's a lot of just left bashing. Yeah, it's become uh, it's it's the it's the thing to do. It's all the craze right now. It's yeah. All- okay. So back to the conference. So tell me uh, what it was like. It reminded me of when when Mariam Namazi was speaking. That that clip went viral, and there was a, oh, a bunch of assholes like just turning the lights off, not letting her speak, and it, it was so. It was so horrible to watch someone being put in that position and, and again with you. So how how did you deal with that? Like just the jeering from the audience. I did see you get very angry and emotional and I don't blame you. Yeah, no, I, I got uh, I, I wouldn't say that I dealt with it in the best way. I would I would say that um, for me, uh, you know, a lot of people think the minute that I got angry or emotional, that somehow disqualifies me from having any thoughts mm-hmm. or something. Uh, and that's, that's what I think is a very toxic masculinity. I think that's, I think that's feminists have it exactly right when they talk about how this devaluing of emotions and this Mm -hmm. looking at any sort of emotions as weakness and looking at it as somehow that makes me invalid and that makes me unable to even give my thoughts. Because as I pointed out, even if you were uh, just a logic robot and I tell you, okay, there's statement X, is it true or false? And then you want to know like, well, what are the emotions of the person who's giving statement X? Like, are they mad or are they calm? It's like, what, what relevance does that yeah. have to the truth of the statement? It has no relevance whatsoever. But these people think that. They think if I'm mad, whatever I said doesn't matter or something, like, or it's wrong. Um, so I don't, that's not my value system. My value system isn't remain calm in the face of assholes, remain calm in the face of people who would uh, cheer sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. It's not. I, I was very angry. I was livid. Uh, and I was angry that people would want to put on a conference like this. I was angry at how little they seemed to care about what they were doing. Uh, it was rough. I was I was uh, definitely angry that I wasn't allowed to finish questions and I wasn't allowed to actually have a debate. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, yeah. If, if I would have Dave Rubin the interview, it would have gone fine. Mm-hmm. And it is true to say that uh, because it's cowardice, it's it's cow. I could have gone in and say, hey, Sargon, I hear all kinds of bad things about you, but you're not such a bad guy. That's how he starts every <laughs> fucking interview because he's pathetic. You're not such a ra- <laughs> you're you're not a big racist. Well, I heard you were a a, a misogynist. You just seem like a normal guy to me. That's yeah. as though that's a question. 
Yep. Normal people say misogynist and racist things. What did you think he was going to come to the interview in a clan hood? Is he just <laughs> it's unbelievable. But Look, anyway, Dave I, Rubin said that about Katie Hopkins, who tweeted about fi- trying to find a final solution. Yep. Yep. I want to make a supercut if I had time. Please I would do, make please, please do. Of, of Dave Rubin saying, "You, you're not such a boy." I, I heard you were. You know, it's, that's <laughs> what kind of interview question is that? That's not a fucking interview question. God, listen, but anyway. Thomas. To me, as a woman of color, I just want to tell you that it's comforting to see someone have emotion like that. So I thank you, thank you very much for for restoring my faith in like the atheist scene that there are people <laughs> like you. Uh, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I, I really do. And, and I really do believe it. Like it's, we should be angry at these people, you know, we should yeah. be. And, and I still, I still had plenty of questions. I still, I didn't yell at him. The I didn't yell at him really much at all. I yelled at the audience more, but, but uh, you know, I still had questions for him. I still, yeah. uh, still made some point. Like I, I you think I up with a lot of bullshit matter part, like toward the end of the interview, when we started talking about racism and policing, I, you know, he had nothing. Um, I still did all that. I was mad. Uh, you know, I didn't do my best. I certainly didn't perform my best because it was a fucking bullshit situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I tried. I, I got some points across. I skipped like pages of my notes because, you know, of how it went of getting derailed and and uh, not being able to finish a question. But, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't do that great. But, uh, you know, I tried. I, I think my anger was valid. I would if I if I had it to do over again, I would yell more at the audience, probably. <laughs> it, it's and I would I would have said slightly different things too. You know, if had I been prepared to to deal with the fact that this would be an audience of of assholes, I would have I would have emphasized that the internet is watching. You know, like I'm not doing this for you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I could to appease this audience again. I could have Dave Rubin this shit. I could have been calm and like been nice to him and kissed uh, kissed his ass. Oh, Mr. Sargon, what do you think about you know like? Look, yeah, you would have gotten more Patreon subscribers and more followers for your podcast that way, but that's not. I don't want these people. Yeah. I do not. Uh, Sargon offered me to go on my, his show or come on mine. He he offered that, and I was just thinking like, what is the benefit of that? I mean, I want to try to change minds. I really do, but. I don't know that his audience is, is, is people I want. Like the, with the things they say to me that all day, they're still tweeting at me all day. So have I- your thoughts changed about like a no block policy at all? Cause I remember you had some pretty strong opinions on that. Yeah. Before. Um, I, well, my, no, because my opinion was I don't block people, uh, just for disagreeing. You know, mm-hmm. I like, I don't block people for, you know, just try it. But if somebody is being abusive, I said years ago and I, you know, I, I don't want you to get me wrong. Like if someone is harassing you, by all means, block them. Mm-hmm. I never said you shouldn't block someone who is giving you shit all the time. Okay, but good, good. what I did say is I don't really have those people because I'm a white male. Like mm-hmm. for the long time, I didn't have those people because they don't target me, mm-hmm. but they are. So, <laughs> uh, but no, I actually, I haven't even blocked that many people. I just fucking turned it off. I just can't, I'm not even looking at it. It's just useless right now. Yeah. Um, I'll get back to it eventually. And I, and I probably will just mute people. That's, that's, you know, I just yeah. kind of, cause whatever. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's my policy. If someone is just constantly saying useless shit, Time wasters to, too, right? I feel like you don't you don't owe people your time. No, you don't. 
Um, I, I do my best if someone actually has a question, I want to try to, or if someone actually disagrees and, 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 and even if they disagree with me in an angry way, I will, I, in the past have tried to engage with them right now. It's useless because it's just, it's just lies. Like it's not even right. there's tweets I'm getting. I'm getting, Oh, Sargon raped you on stage. That's and what I I'm heard getting. that I saw that there was a video posted about how you and some goon that you hired <laughs> was like hauled off by the cops. And I was looking for that in the video and I did not see any evidence of any goon oh, no, being hauled was, off. Or, yeah, that was Tom from Cognitive Dissonance. He, they, uh, the snowflakes, uh, got rid of him from the party because he was talking to Sargon in a way that they didn't like. So the snowflake organizer had him removed from the VIP <laughs> party. And all and, I was, he was, you watch the video. It's up there. He's just yeah. asking questions. And, right. You know, things were tense, but like it wasn't. You yeah, know. it was a heated debate, but there was no like goon. And there was also no like hauling. Like, it sounds like you guys were taken out. Just saying untrue things. This is why I don't, I don't give a shit about them as an audience. Why, why would I want an audience of people who are have no regard for the truth of statements. They don't care. It's yeah, they just all they care don't matter is, in this time yeah. of alternative facts. All I want for listenership is people who maybe we disagree, but at least facts matter to them. Like you can, they will, you know, like I could, they could point me to a fact that I'm wrong. Well, about. yeah, just at least engage honestly, right? Like the whole, I won't even rape you versus I won't rape you thing. Like anyone should be able to see why that's a problem and why saying it's the same as I won't rape you isn't, yeah, isn't so honest. And saying I won't rape you is a weird, creepy thing to say. Like, yeah, yeah. even that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't just go it's, up to someone and say, I won't rape you. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. But, but yeah. Yeah. So, Seems like you put up with a lot of bullshit and you've made it through. And um, I wonder if now, like, I know you're really interested in talking to people with opposing views and that's fine. So am I, you know, I've talked to some people that I really, really disagree with on my show and I do enjoy doing that. Um, but do you think maybe it's a time where we should be more careful picking our battles? Um, like, is every debate worth having? Oh no! I've never thought every debate is worth having. I mean, okay. yeah, I'm not gonna flat earther is it's. Uh, Michael Marshall has a show where he has people with just absurd beliefs on, but the premise of the show is what it is. There's no, there's no doubt that he's having people on with ridiculous beliefs. He has conspiracy theorists on, and he just tries to explore why they believe what they believe. Yeah, that you know, seems fine. Like, yeah. yeah. If you're not doing it to normalize them, right? It's obvious when you're doing yes. when you're doing it to normalize them, and when you're right. When you, if, for example, when you have a racist on and you start the interview with, well, you know, you're not such a racist, <laughs> huh? exactly. Um, <laughs> right, but okay. So look, these are this is all part of the problem, right? Dave Rubin, and look at all the people that support and just refuse to see the problem with Dave Rubin. There's a lot of people who are like, why do people hate my friend Dave Rubin? And you point them to examples, and they'll Sargon's just been on his show two or three times. This rape tweet has never come up. He's never of bothered not. challenge on it. Of course he, not. And didn't the conference also invite some like child rape advocate to the conference, and then uh, they so. So that was somebody, that's a weird situation where someone, oh gosh, was it Melissa Chen or was it? I believe I, it was her that was helping him with his well, uh, yeah, somebody case. Was, well, because he was like being, he was a case that, that 
you know, elicited some warranted sympathy. I believe. Sure, yeah, there was some blasphemy stuff. What's that? There was some blasphemy related stuff. Yeah, he was being held somewhere or was, I don't know. He was, for his atheism, he was being persecuted, I believe. Right, and and that's not uh, fair. But then he also advocates some views about child porn being okay. Yeah, he was going to come as a guest of somebody, I think Melissa Chen, but I could be wrong. And they promoted, they didn't invite him, but when they found out, they they bragged about it. Oh, this special guest, this guy. And then people pointed out like, uh, he's in favor, he thinks that an age of consent is fascism. And, and they thinks, said that he had retracted his views when in fact he hadn't. He hadn't. And then <laughs> this all happened in like a day. They called him for comment and he, they, he refused to retract any of his views. So they, they disinvited him. And indeed he tried to come and he was escorted out. So, so there is a line apparently. Oh, there well, is I wonder line. why they're not SJW. Yeah, yeah. Aren't they fascists for censoring <laughs> this guy's right to come to a thing? Oh, it's such a mess. And now apparently some big name atheists have been alienated by mythicist Milwaukee. And um, yeah, Matt Dillahunty made a video and Seth yep. Andrews and wrote a big Facebook post. Nobody supports them. No mainstream atheist supports them. And David and Silverman also wrote quite a like a yeah. strong post, which I yeah. which I liked, you know. It didn't focus on both sides stuff. Yeah, especially because he tends to be conservative. Um, Yeah. Know that he's full on conservative, but he but he has some conservative ideals, and uh, you know it just goes to show that this isn't a matter of partisanship. This yeah. isn't a matter of oh, only one set of ideas is okay. No, I would have debated Melissa Chen all day on that stage because she's not a harasser of people. She's that she doesn't say oh all every feminist, literally every feminist that has a mental disease. She doesn't say bullshit like that. Um, so I, don't I just know. well. Okay, to my knowledge, <laughs> she hasn't said that. If she has, then, then then certainly my opinion would change. But uh, but I would debate somebody. Like it's not about not wanting to engage with ideas. Yeah, about, I would debate Ruben. Yeah, yeah, me too. I don't think Ruben is a like a is a harasser himself. No, I don't think. I he think is. he doesn't mind harassers, which is pretty awful in itself. But I don't. I, I do think that he would let you speak. He probably wouldn't be honest. I think Ruben is just an opportunist. I think he saw a way to make a lot of money and he's, he's taking advantage of like when he had Milo Yiannopoulos on and it blew his ratings out of the water. Like it just was his most rated. That was one of his early videos that got so many views. He probably thought, Oh, hmm." yeah. Uh, And he did it a couple of times with Milo and then he didn't comment really on the Milo scandal. And He didn't comment on the new Milo scandal where he was doing like Hitler salute or people in the audience were doing Hitler salutes right in front of Milo singing karaoke and Milo didn't see it because he has bad eyesight, apparently. Yeah. Well, it's all funny because anything that trolls is funny and it's it's fine and it's all it's all kosher. It's all fine. Right. Uh, according to these people, it, the, the highest value is not being offended by stuff. It really is like. Not I like be- how you characterize that in your podcast about it too. You're like, I think a toaster could uh, achieve your highest value, and it's like it's I true. Do. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I think their highest value of not of having someone say awful shit and you not reacting could be achieved by a fucking toaster. So if, <laughs> if that's your value system, I don't. I'm not interested in your value system. Like if that's a boring value system. There's no. There's nothing to it. Right. So listeners, please, you know, try to. 
point out when you see this movement heading in that direction and uh, don't don't just don't let it go there. It's time for it's time for things to change. What do you say, Thomas? Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping, I think there are some good examples. I'm doing my best to be a good example. Uh, And I hope that that's where, you know, Seth Andrews, like I said, he's probably the biggest name I know of that is, I think, getting it basically right. And we need more people, you know, on that, who at the very least, as you put it, at the very least are not like harping on the, the, the censorious left all day in and day out is like the biggest evil in the world. Um, we need those voices and I don't know like what the future of the movement is. You know, I don't know. It's, it's not like we're allowed to tell this shitlord slime pit that they're not atheists. Like they are atheists. Yeah, of course they are. We have to own that. Uh, most of them are atheists. They're not all of them. Actually, there's, there's some crossover as we touched of course. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they, if they're atheists, which I think Sargon is, you know, and his a lot of his followers are, if they are, we can't take that away from they're atheists. And you know, Ruben with, was, and now all of a sudden he started <laughs> he started questioning his atheism. Alta, he's the best panderer. He's, <laughs> there's not an audience that he, except for the regressive left, anything else is good. It, with the exception of SJW regressive left people in his mind, any other audience is fair game. He will pander to them all. All day in the name of that. It's so funny. Right. Oh, yeah, certain things. I thought I was an atheist, but maybe there's certain things that <laughs> I believe that I, you know, how do we explain love for your mother? Yeah. Come on. Really? You're going to give us like not even, not even a level. Christian yeah. Love. And didn't he like, say he was like cornered uh, into saying he was an atheist a lot of yeah. times? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> So uh, ridiculous. Okay, well, I've got to run. So, all right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thomas, for coming on again. And I could have talked to you for a whole other hour about this, but we're running out of time. Thank you so much for having me on, Aina. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, always a pleasure speaking to you. I'm sure we'll speak to each other many more times. You've actually been there for me a lot of times when, you know, I've been going through some awful shit. So I want to thank you for that. There was a time when, like, a whole bunch of, like, um, Rubenites went after me and tried to question my legitimacy as an ex-Muslim because I'm too left-leaning and not anti-Muslim enough. And yeah. you had me on to talk about that. And also when my podcast co-host in the early days like tried to <laughs> hold my episode hostage and screw around, he put like a horrible like... Because he knew I'm tech incompetent. He put this horrible yeah. message about me to my audience because he knew once he released, he released the episode only once I paid him. And <laughs> then yeah, he that. had an intro in there saying that I'm a horrible person and he knew I wouldn't be able to edit out. So you came to my assistance again and you edited all that bullshit, creepy anti-Ina ads that he put in there. <laughs> oh, that was so weird. Thanks so much. I would I would, uh, I would, would come to your assistance again in a heartbeat, you know, because I hate trolls more than anything. You know, it's like the people who trolled you are disgusting and, and who harass you are disgusting. And I'm just anti-harassment and it shouldn't be controversial. You know, it shouldn't right. be. It really shouldn't be. It really be. shouldn't be controversial. Thank you for sticking up for women. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I try. Do you think um, there's... Uh, discrimination against women in our society? I'm absolutely certain that there will be someone somewhere who is being discriminated against. Mm. Do you think there's discrimination against men in our society? Not really. Unbelievable. 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 How did James... Listen to all these identity politics people all of a sudden. Weird. It's an observation of what's really happening. Amazing. 
So you think, do you think there's more discrimination against men than women in our society? It doesn't really matter to me, to be No, honest. answer the question. No, it, it, it does I matter. I don't know, and I don't care. You don't care. You're a good guy, Thomas. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Polite Conversations. You can support this podcast by sharing the shit out of it, making some noise about it, or contributing via Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes. No Ian mangoes. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at nice mangoes. If you want to make a one-time donation instead of a monthly Patreon one, you can do so via PayPal. NiceMangoes.blog at gmail.com. Remember, no Ian Mangoes. If you've got an interesting story and would potentially like to be a guest, you can email me there too. A special thanks to Dylan Beck for theme music, sound, and production help. 